right, welcome to another fabulous, exciting, wonderful, complimentary episode of the Adventure Salt the Mountain Tale. It's a complimentary because it's free. Yeah, 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 I would think. Yeah. And it came with, uh, you know, something else. Depression? Whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, if you've listened to all the previous episodes, I don't think it's free. I think it costs you a lot, probably. Cost me a lot. Cost me so much. At the very least, time. A lot of time. Time is money, and we're wasting it. Right on down the drain. Adam says he doesn't want to be here and would like to keep these episodes short. <laughs> Wouldn't even participate in our pre-episode haka that we do every time. I got shit to do. <laughs> so how does a demon kill each of you? Let's just go ahead and get to the wrap-up. And <laughs> I'm all skin and bones. He doesn't want me. Personally, I'd go with the succubus orgy pit. Obvious choice, really. Yeah, I mean, our incubus. Now that I know it's an option, is is there a selling your soul for ultimate knowledge option? There was, uh, but you had to unlock it before level eight in the story. But he came in at level (laughs) thirteen. Well, that sucks. Maybe if you'd had ultimate knowledge back then, that character still be alive. (laughs) (laughs) I knew we fucked up the time travel bit. I fucking knew it. Oh, did you guys level up to fourteen? Because I forgot to. Forgot to mention that. Yes. On mic. I believe we talked about it after the episode, but so uh Mia Culpa had a lot going on in my mind. Because you you did some shit and you should level up. We killed an ancient dragon. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Sure did. Yeah, you uh you you uh you freed a bunch of trap souls from a demi plane. Yeah. You uh helped shatter a, a cursed god's weapon. That, that, that sounds that sounds and pretty we jump started the apocalypse. Good or bad, there's yeah. experience I mean, points yeah. in that. <laughs> yeah, accomplishing things equals XP. It doesn't have to be good things. <laughs> it has to be things. What can I say we're here to help? <laughs> I think we are the wrong cast for the happy ending. We're going to play to our strengths here. <laughs> our strength is chaos. That's like the the thing what we have. Mm-hmm. You just don't know what the fuck is going to happen. See, there's, there's we something don't called even know. slash and burn agriculture, and we're at the burn part. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, okay, we slashed and we burned. What comes next? Agriculture. You know, there's this huge economic, like, growth for everybody and, like, how well people were paid and the opportunities available right after the Black Plague. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There sure are a lot of jobs available. That's because everybody died. <laughs> now, say in Crocom's voice. The economy's bad. A lot of people died. <laughs> a lot of people are fired (laughs) at Twitter. We know that uh, the morning of the third day, Callstown will face an army of demons that it has no way to really defend for. Let's go back a bit to the night before, where we see a familiar figure sitting next to a fire. Uh, It's already evening, and there is a pile of ashes next to him. 
and it's Krokum. He has, uh, looks like a, a leather pouch in front of him, and occasionally an orc will walk by, and like, will talk to Krokum for a sec, and then put their hands in the ashes, and then put their hand on Krokum, leaving their handprint in ash. And the orcs talk amongst themselves that Krokum is walking the gray path tonight. But there's a, a figure kind of hiding in the darkness. And Krokum looks up and waves them over. And stepping into the firelight is a halfling woman that we know. Irina. I'm glad you're here. I, uh... I needed to tell you something. And as she steps into the firelight, we see Irina is wearing a leather suit. Um, it's very strange. There's like a lot of loose fabric under the arms and like the legs are connected. And it, it's it's very weird. But it looks like it has a purpose of some kind. But Irina like steps forward and looks Krokum in the eye as he's like kneeling like on the ground, Lotus style. I know it's not likely, but if I'm alive tomorrow and you're alive tomorrow, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I assure you, Arena, it would be my honor. You, you know my name? Of course I do. And like Crocum pats like a log next to him. I know who you are. You, you know I want to kill you, right? I know, I know. He was one of the bravest people I ever fought. Uh, to be honest, uh, he almost got me. <laughs> I was I was not giving him full credit. <laughs> but his last words, and he said with no fear, Arena's gonna kill you. <laughs> but no, no, you won't have to. I'm doing what we call walking the gray path. I uh, I hear it tomorrow. My death is there. So in our custom, when. When one of us hears that song, walks the gray path, he he burns his possessions, or she, and but he keeps a, a few things that he gives away as gifts. I have one for you. What? And Crocum reaches into his, his leather bag and pulls out a small golden locket and hands it to her. And Irina's hands tremble as she takes it and opens it. And inside is a, a small drawing of her and for the first time, we see what David looked like. I thought, I thought this was lost in the fire. It is a tradition among us that we take uh, something of a kill we remember. And I hope when I cross that great bridge that David will be there to guide me. He would want you to have this. I hope you live through tomorrow, but I will not. Irina, who is caught off guard completely of this, is like, just see that you, you don't make it through. And she turns her back and walks away. And we see scenes playing out through Callstown of people who are making their peace with what could be their last night here. Um, what are the four of you doing? Sigurum waits his turn, takes a moment to croak real puts his ashen handprint, just punches him right right in the chest where the heart would be. <laughs> sit, sit. I have something for you. 
Is that so? Mm-hmm. I will give it, and then speak your last truths to me. And he reaches into his bag, and you can tell there's not many things left in here. In fact, as he's like digging around, he realizes this is the last item. So he pulls it out and tosses the bag into the fire. And he hands you a large tusk of a boar. The day after you brought Sikorum back, <laughs> I went and found the beastie. He was dead, of course. I wanted to... I wanted something to remember it by, so I, I took one of the tusks. <laughs> it's been my lucky charm. <laughs> but I don't need it anymore. I wanted you to have it. Thank you. You never did have time to go back and get a proper uh, <laughs> trophy. Too busy dragging your brother home. <laughs> Sikorum lets the silence and the stillness set in. He knows his friend dies tomorrow. He knows he probably dies tomorrow too. And probably everyone else in Colstown. May we all handle what's coming as well as you do, Crocrum. <laughs> you are the best of us. I don't think I agree. I think I'm uh, of the old ways, though. I think I'm the last keeper. And I'm okay with that. Some of our ways need to die. But I look out at this town. And I hope we find a way. Because these people have forged a new way. And I think the whole world needs to see it. But I will become the shaman of our passing. But I hope, somehow, you'll figure it out. <laughs> you always seem to figure it out. But if not, I will wait for you. I will wait for all of us. Thank you, friend. Sigurum gets up and walks away. Now we leave Crocum to the fire and his thoughts. What else is going on in Callstown the night before? Uh, so we see Tim uh, in his in his room that he apparently spent so much time in that he missed most of the campaign. <laughs> uh, and he seems to be taking like various like books and charts and stuff and sticking them into his bag that just keeps to keep keep having space. Uh, he's very obviously like cleaning out his room. Um, and, you know, he doesn't look like he's going to take everything, but as much as he can. Right. And then when he's done, he leaves his room and goes to uh, Tarth's residence in the in the tower. Uh, all my stuff is, is gone. Uh, I'll be out by the end of the day. Yeah. You don't have to. I mean, I, you don't have to leave. I mean... I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'll reduce the rent. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't, don't worry about the last four months. <laughs> good yes i i definitely remember that um i just figured that one way or another there's a good plants by the by the end of the day either i will be dead or the demi plane will no longer exist and since i'm not sure what will happen to this town i thought it best to get my needed materials out of it first probably smart good luck out there it was enjoyable to be your roommate I'll I'll miss our our talks. It was nice to have somebody of a like mind. And like he goes in for like that awkward like I don't know do we want to hug kind of thing or like shake hands or I imagine you're both like these giant fucking nerds <laughs> that don't know how to deal with emotions. <laughs> yeah. So there's that like is a hug is it a handshake and like ends up being that like handshake where you slap each yeah. other awkwardly on the back. Yeah. It it was good to call you friend. It was. And, like, you can see that, like, 
he's busy. He goes back to like some papers at a table he's working at, and there's like designs. And give me a perception check. Natural twenty. Okay, I fuck. I'll just, just <laughs> so that's why I want to use that this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Um, so he's going over a lot of schematics for like catapults, but like all the notes are not about launching rocks. They appear to be about launching like small people. Um, and he's got a lot of like what looks to be scrolls of Featherfall, but they're like riff, like they're like riffle scrolls, where it's like he looks like he's designed it where like. If somebody pulls a, like on a string, the scroll will kind of auto-read. And he's got a stack of those he's working on. Tim will pause then and be like, That is quite the idea you have there. <laughs> you should see it tomorrow. <laughs> We've got a, we got a few tricks up our sleeves left. We might go, but we're not going to go quietly. I will never be amazed more than what you can do with magic with a open mind. <laughs> Wish it was my idea. Wasn't. Irina came up with it. I don't know who that is. Little <laughs> small halfling lady. Her husband died while you were in your room. Doesn't ring a bell. You see, like, Crocom stick his head. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in town, you're. He's dead. <laughs> He's just got a tick now. Never, nobody needs to say it out loud. Just just let it happen. Crocom is the arbiter of death. Anywhere someone dies, it's like, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I do regret that I missed apparently so much, but hopefully what I spent my time learning will pay its dues. Good luck, Tim. You as well, Toth. What's Zai up to tonight? So, Zai doesn't really know a lot of people in town, and this doesn't really seem like the time to meet people. Um, so she spends the majority of her time in her house. Um, she goes through a very intense training session, um, mostly just clearing her mind and moving through everything she's been taught, um, everything that she has lived through, everything that she knows as far as battle goes, um, just familiarizing herself with the movements. And then she'll she'll go inside her house, and it's, it's kind of a drab house. Like, it's not very fancy. There's not a lot going on. Um, not a lot of decoration. There's a small fire, a nice rug, kind of a, you know, a nice little, like, place to sleep by the fire. Uh, About the only thing of note in her house is, like, this little table that just seems to be made up of junk, essentially, to to basically anybody who would see it. Um, And she goes over to this table and starts, like, sifting through things. Um... And if anyone were to ask, like, essentially, this is her table of trophies. Like, this is where she keeps all of her mementos. Um, And so she kind of sifts through things. There's, you know, a feather um, that looks like it's been through hell. There's uh, a necklace that's got what almost looks like teeth on it, but, like, not. Um, All kinds of different things. And, And she sorts through it and kind of, like, picks things up as she goes and maybe spends some time with with a few of them. Um, and she gets to one that looks like a little wolf um, carved out of bone. And so she picks this up and this is like, clearly this is what she was searching for. Um, and she kind of takes it over by the fire and she sits down and she just like looks at it. Brother, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's, it's going to be 
it's going to be hard. I, I know if you were here, you'd say something funny. But, uh, you're not. So, I'll, I'll give it my best. And if not, hopefully I'll see you in the end. And she'll just kind of sit quietly, maybe curl up, and prepare for the next day. And for a sec, you think you almost hear a, a familiar and friendly... <laughs> And, like, kind of as you're drifting off, like, but you kind of take a peek through a window as you go, and you see a line of goblins carrying gold. And it looks like they're heading to the front wall. But you think, goblins gonna goblin. (laughs) As you kind of drift off. What's Tame up to? So Tame is kind of just in her apartment, in her home, Mm -hmm. just mulling it all over. Um... She's looking over her little trinkets, things from her past, you know, her flag for the foxglove traders, and she's just, she's unsure of what's going to happen, what's to come, and she's really just trying to accept it, you know. She's like, I, I, I could live, I could die, I hope that if I live, at least a few others do. Um, you know, she's trying to figure out the best way to go about this, but there's really not a good way of going about this. I mean, we're literally heading straight into the fire. That's all it is. And she knows that. But she's not, like, scared. You know? Nervous. Anxious. If she dies, she'll get to have a certain kind of peace. If she lives, then she's unsure. She's just trying not to think about it too hard. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. And it can be almost overwhelming, you know? The, the odds that this town and you guys are facing, that's the word. Overwhelming. Uh, Sigorum takes a couple minutes to have a small council with Gertie and Drayon. And you get over there and they're, like, having a dinner. They're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on in. And it looks like, like, kind of like, this is how they've decided to to spend the evening together. But like, you are by no means like felt like you're interrupting. Cock blocking. Sorry to intrude. Jesus Christ! I was about to smash. No. Sorry. <laughs> Just need a minute. That's all I needed. <laughs> oh my God. Two seconds. <laughs> In a past life, I have stood before many castles, walls, villages. I know the sieging life. I do not believe we can win, but something I learned from those I conquered. You can choose how you lose sometimes. Sigorm takes out a small piece of parchment, folds it up, slides it across the table to Drayana. This recipe is for a kind of sleeping tea. If you wouldn't mind, make sure we have enough for the children. Should it come to that? And then Adriana, like, reads the recipe and then, like, realizes what it is. And, like, audibly, like, like a, a sob escapes her from her. And Gertie just kind of, like, squeezes her hand. It's like, no, no, that, that makes, that makes a kind of sense. In my professional opinion, it 
it's better that way. <sighs> we were so close. We got so close, Sagarma. I really think you almost got us there. I know you did everything you could. Gods, more than anyone's ever done. We'll see what more I can do tomorrow. And they like, they both kind of hug you. And then kind of wrap up dinner. Driana's got a little work to do. And we see Gertie sits down and starts maintaining a bow. Like just looking it over to make sure it's ready for tomorrow. The camera pans to the room above the bar. We're at a table with a mock-up of the town. And there's like a lot of like little moving pieces that represents pieces of a demon army. And a wizard in black and red leathers is muttering to himself and moving pieces. Yeah, okay. And if they advance here, we can... That'll be a weakness over here. As candles burn long into the night. But we see on the table next to him, and every so often he absentmindedly grabs it and, like, flicks it through his fingers. It's a locket. And every so often he, like, opens it and sets it on the table. But there's no pictures in it. And it's empty. Night turns to dawn. And what would normally be a misty morning is sadly relatively clear. And the guards on the walls see that uh, true to his word, Iveston has dispersed the mist. So it took this army of demons a little bit longer to spread out. But to say that it spreads as far as the eye can see is is a factual description. The odds are insurmountable here. But in front of this, in the the pretty decent gap of space between the army and the walls of Callstown, sits a familiar figure in a chair, flanked by other demons. One of said demons is holding a white flag. And Bealsby waits. Likely trap. But even if it is, gets me close. I'm going to walk out there and offer some terms. I'm sure he will decline. But maybe. Does anyone want to go with Sigorum? Want to or feel like we should? <laughs> I definitely feel like we just should. <laughs> we can all go as a group. Yeah. And, you know, the, the council is like, it's always, it's, there's always the four. You're the four. So we see Zai, Tame, Tim, and Sagorum, hero walking from the gates to the demon delegation. And Billsby stands. Ah, good morning, my friends. Welcome, welcome to the feast. Good morning. What are the odds of you just accepting inevitability and we promising to make this as painless as possible? Why is this even necessary? I have a group of beings behind me who feel wronged. And this would be a, a good chance to alleviate some of their dissatisfaction with their slavery. But I am in control. And I can assure you that we can make it painless for every single member of Colstown. I built those walls, Sakoran. I will tear them down. I know. Here are my terms, Billsby. Everyone in Callstown goes free, except the wizard and myself. Give them a three-day head start. 
with the equivalent of whatever the hell that means. It means nothing, Sagoram. A three-head start to air. It is a demiplane. A circle around the mountain. Where will they go? Out. There's, there's nowhere to go. Even if I wanted to agree to those terms, they would just catch up, and then I would no longer have the capacity to offer mercy. Just let this end peacefully. We will take the wizard regardless. We will kill him very slowly here, and he will spend the next 10,000 years in the Underplanes as we rip every essence of him apart. There is an entire Funland of horrors for him. Technically, there is one for me as well. But if I can deliver Ivistan, I shall, uh, as you say, avoid this fate. Just let this end peacefully. Come on. Spare the town. I'll throw in a fine bottle of wine, a sack of apples, and some really good stories. <laughs> I have no doubt you have some good ones. And I will not lie. I have grown to like apples. But this is a debt long overdue. And I'm sorry it must be your people that pay it. But soon we will go to a different place. And you will not be alive to see it. We can offer that mercy. Whether you can admit it or not, Billsby, they're your people too. <laughs> you seem a little softer than the legion behind you. Which is why I'm here at all. I do not relish seeing... They look on Gertie and Driana's face as they are ripped inch by inch. But I know you. And I know them. Stubborn, all of you. Still hoping for a miracle, I'm sure. Already came by a couple. <laughs> What's one more? <laughs> Sometimes stories don't end well, Sagoram. Well, not for those like you and I. No, they do not. <laughs> Fight well. And Vilsby stands up and turns and walks back to the line. And the various demons accompanying him fall back. Fuck. Sigourm turns around <laughs> and walks away. Kind of as you're approaching the gate, like Gertie yells down, How'd it go? Went well. Oh, you're such a bad liar. <laughs> Seriously, we could have died then and there. <laughs> and a couple people at the wall, like, chuckle, like that nervous chuckle, like, all right. And like the the plan that the councils kind of came up with, Gertie's going to anchor the left side of the wall. They've got archers there. Uh, what we've come to find is on the right, behind the right side of the wall, there's an array of catapults and ballista. And walking among them is not only Irina, but a lot of other people, smaller stature. Dwarves, gnomes, halflings, all wearing these leather suits. And they're tucking those scrolls that Tim saw. And by each of these catapults is a huge pile of, like, vials. Like, alchemist vials. With water in them. And you think, uh, they're like, this is our main offense here. The artillery brigade. They'd like the four of you to help anchor that side of the wall. Until an opportunity comes to do something to try to take out the general something but for now they've got a hold and Crocum stands above the gate holding the flag of Callstown. it's a simple thing it's a gray 
flag, and there's like a, a blue and white mountain symbol on it, kind of hastily thrown together. Below at the gates are the paladins who came with Mankai on the ground, and they will hold the gates as long as they can. Even though there are many demons, they are paladins. They will not go down easy. And you'll just see how long you can hold. You were gonna buff, now's the time. You think you're think you're about to start, and then you hear something coming off of the side. And it's horse hooves. And you see two people on a horse heading towards the gate. And one of them is, is relatively familiar to all of you. It's Queen Arwen. But there's a knighted figure with her. And she kinda hops off, begins like kinda climbing up the wall, and people help her get up, but uh, a figure in full plate pulls his helmet off. Sir Duke. Sigorum, old friend! We haven't lost this battle yet. Well, if it isn't the heart of the seven himself. And we see the knight smile and tip his helmet, kick the horse forward into the field. And Arwen kind of walks up and, like, puts a hand on your shoulder. We've got... We've got one hope left. Call them. Who? Just use the sword and call them. Does she mean to imply what I think she means to imply? <laughs> she means to try. God, what a dick that would make me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like... Oh, my God. All right. On one hand, that'd be so awesome. On the other hand, you know, I don't know. Nobody's asking them to swear or anything. They might go for it. She's just asking you to try. Listen, if the queen's asking you, the, you got you gotta follow the queen's orders. All right. Sigorn pulls out Excelthus. He takes a knee. It's somewhat wondering, like, is he supposed to? Surely, I, he doesn't know. Sinks a blade a little bit into the dirt. Two hands upon the handle, just sort of closes his eyes. My dearest fallen friends, souls of the damned crusade, walk with me one more time. And we feel the wind whip through the empty spaces between the demon army and Call's town. And there's a sense of apprehension. But minutes go by. Nothing seems to happen. But then we hear sounds of, like, grunting. And you look down and you see that trying to, like, climb a ladder is a very old goblin, Midge, curator of the Museum of the Crusade. And he, like, has his hand up for one of you to help him, like, finish climbing the ladder. Push him off the ladder. No. (laughs) (laughs) Tim Tim will hold out a hand. Helps him up. That was her. Thank you. I, I, I wanted to stand by my friends one last time. Sure. Does <laughs> Tim even know who he is? Not a friend. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we're friends. That was fast. I, I didn't mean you. Oh God! <laughs> like he, he's he steps next to the wall, and then you all see three ghostly figures. It's a dwarf and two humans who are identical twins who stand next to him. Fuck yes. That's awesome. A figure walks that just appears 
and begins walking. And we see Sir Dew has gone to the front, and he's halfway between the walls and the demon army. And a figure begins marching. It's old bones. I'm big forward. And then we hear flapping on the wind. As a drake lands on the walls of Callstown, this beast comes out of nowhere. Screeches at its defenders, but mounted on it, Sir Darnston Cole. Holy shit. He flies forward and joins the others. We see another horse, this time undead, as a death knight joins with him. The last remaining members of the Seven are forward. And then all at once, the crusade returns. A hundred thousand souls, ghostly in image, now stand before the walls of Colstown. And they wait. And Gertie says, they're waiting to hear from their commander. Oh, shit. People of Colstown, Crusaders, Spirits, the Demon Horde will be upon us soon. There will be no mercy, no quarter, no hope. Yet, we are still so close to freedom. We have the last miracle we need. Our story paid in blood and loss never ending so we pay it once more and with that Sigorm acknowledges that they answered the call he acknowledges the paladin he acknowledges just the people that maybe never fought a day in their lives that had just been in these walls the whole time and then he turns his attention to his brothers and sisters, the orcs. Orcs! Ho, ho, ho! The demon horde has found it within their most gracious hearts to bestow us with a warrior's greatest honor. And today, Sigorum looks to croak. Today we do some things the old way. Every orc here is born of war and siege, and you know what it takes to hold these walls. And we will do exactly that until the last horn calls us to join our crusaders, to call us home, the final feast of flesh and steel. Everyone here who believes in me, but who believes in our cause, everyone here worth their word and their name owes me 100 demon heads, and I will have my demon heads. Until then, you do not have my permission to die. And like under his breath, like, Brooklyn's like, I will not. I will not live to see that. And like everyone else, rapt attention is listening, stealing themselves. But as one, the ghostly crusade in the field turns. They no longer bear the banner of the crusade, but of Nap. And that is why they will fight. 
because you fought for them. And we pan and see Iveston on the wall doing math. Well, it's still about four to one. And he looks over. Templar Seraphina Brixby. At least it's a fight now. Oh. I guess it's only my eternal fucking soul. Can you hold him while I deploy the legions? Oh, I reckon we could do that. And Bad Fomar laughs and hops from the wall. And the door of the pyramid cracks. And single file devils begin filing out. And by the end of it, Ivesin's doing the math. Well, it's only about three to one now. I've won with worse. And as we look over the battle lines finally drawn, we see a, the ghostly figure of a young boy walk forward, holding a bow. A happy young man, about age 15. Oki. And stepping up and putting a ghostly hand on his shoulder. An older man. Free of the frailties that crippled him in life. Brother Zachariah smiles at Sigorm. We see another figure join, small but happy, and a little ghostly acorn figure with her. Lottie is also joined, and begrudgingly, a human man in armor, who seems to almost being dragged along by Lottie, who we wouldn't recognize him with, you know, flesh and meat, but we would know this to be next. But with a familiar laugh, a short figure joins Sigorm. In ghostly green armor. With a flick mace. I'm almost disappointed you don't have a saddle on. If I had time, I would have put it on. I know, bud. I'm sorry this is the only way I can be here, but... Like I said before, we're in it till the end. Thank you all, my friends. You think... You'll have to hold the initial wave. But the last battle of Callstown begins. We'll see how it's going on the next episode of The Adventurer's Vault to Mount. Shout out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you don't like what you hear, visit the Adventurer's Vault Discord server and let the cast know directly just what you think of them. 
And while you're there, listen to the exclusive content to see if it's just as bad. The Adventurous Vault is produced by Night Owl Workshop, LLC. Now go quick, listen to more before I hunt you down.